All right, guys, today we're going to talk about lying to our kids. And while it might be comical to approach this topic with, you know, questions like, ah, is the Easter Bunny real and some other fictional characters, there are some other and very critical times when lying may or may not be appropriate when it comes to our kids. So as moms, we're trying to figure that out, right? What's right? What's wrong? Um, you know, when is this appropriate and when is it not? So we called in. Licensed clinical social worker Amy Weber, and she has over 25 years of experience working with children, adolescents, and families, and she often tackles this very topic. So in addition to, you know, tackling this topic, she specializes in a variety of child behavior areas, so she is more than qualified to talk to us about the Easter Bunny and lying. So thank you so much, Amy, for joining us today. We are so excited. Well, I am so excited. Uh, I'm used to having my partner with me. I am so excited to to chat with you today about this topic. I guess let's kick off the episode with kind of the whole premise of the episode, which is, is the Easter Bunny real? <laughs> the Easter Bunny is not real. Um, and I think the Easter Bunny and Santa and the Tooth Fairy, I think they are all amazing examples of um, harmless beliefs that we can tell kids and they can believe in magic for a little bit. And then at a certain age, they grow out of it. Right. And um, or somebody tells them at school and they find out the truth. Um, and um, and I think, you know, I think we have to just differentiate between real lies and um, and harmless beliefs and and um, harmless beliefs aren't facts. So um, it's complicated. It's complicated to pull all of that out. But um, I think that's what we have to do. You say it's harmless, right? And I just thought of something. There are some people who are still angry as adults with their parents for lying to them about these things. I mean, that's crazy, but it's true, right? true and I have had kids in my office like come in and say you know so and so says the Easter Bunny isn't real but I don't know but maybe but I don't know you know and they're sort of working it out over a 45 or 50 minute session um and they will ask like is the Easter Bunny real and I'm like do you really want me to answer that question right? for you and like, no 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 don't answer it for me well maybe I do you know and we go back and forth that way um for a little while and I think what happened with that particular kid um, is that she had asked her mom a lot of times, is the Easter Bunny real? Is Santa real? And her mom had said, yes, yes, yes. And I think that's where things can get a little sticky. If you, um, you know, if they're coming right out and asking you or saying so-and-so said that this is, this is the truth, um, then I think we owe it to our kids to, to fess up and and say yeah. So that is I'm correct. Still, I'm still lying. So my my son is seven, and uh, yeah, his his friends were sitting at the table the other day, and one of the girls said something like, "Santa's not real," and I was like, oh, "Of course he is. What's the matter with you?" <laughs> you know, and uh, and and it was kind of a non-issue, you know, because her younger brother was there, and so you know, I think I think she didn't want to press it, but um, you know, and I I told them the story about how my parents. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, it wasn't my parents. It was Santa, right? Um, I didn't 
there was a year where I was really starting to get to that point where I didn't believe in Santa and Santa went and, de and delivered me a pre-Christmas package and, and it had a beautiful note in it, you know, talking about Christmas magic and, and that kept me alive. It kept me going for two more years. I will tell you. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, I mean, you know, there's one thing about a seven-year-old still believing in that magic and there's quite another about like a 12-year-old coming and saying, okay, you know, the gig is and, and parents going, no, no, it isn't. <laughs> so. Yes, totally different, right? <laughs> and, you know, it's fun to talk about, you know, these characters, right? But there are some situations, right, where we really have to question as, as parents, when is it okay to lie? And you talk about, you know, those harmless lies versus, you know, some serious lies. So, you know, off the top of my head, I'm thinking of things like, Divorce, death, financial situations, you know, personal adult issues. Sometimes we go through our own things that are not, you know, or health issues, things like that. Um, you know, so at a high level, when is it okay to lie to our children? So those things that you're talking about, death and divorce and financial difficulties, um, they are, um, they're, those are facts. Um, and that's stuff that we should not lie to our kids about. Um, I think that, uh, you know, obviously there's age appropriate truth that we can give and age appropriate information so that we are giving them um, enough digestible information and we're not giving them information that they can't get processed. But I think it is important um, it, when we're talking about divorce or death or um, serious illness to tell kids the truth. Um, and, and that's, I, I've had families where, you know, they took a second apartment and dad was just sort of away on business. And, you know, they kind of kept up this lie for years um, to not tell their kids that, you know, that mom and dad are separated and divorcing. And the kid lost all trust for his parents, understandably. Um, and he was like, I, I won't be able to trust them again, which I totally understand. Uh, That's a really important um, point you bring up about trust. So I I really believe that, talk about age appropriate, right? So I, I, get, I get lost in this in this place because I've always been maybe a little too honest with my young child. And... Um, you know, people have said, my mom, mom has said things like, you know, oh, he's a child. You can't say that to him or, you know, he, and, and overly treat him like a baby. And yes, I understand he is my baby. Right. But, um, I'm just kind of more, you know, straight to the point about, about a lot of things, you know, if you cross the street, if you, you're going to, you get hit by a car and you'll die, you know, I mean, like, I, I don't know, that's, you know, you might just get seriously injured, but you know, you know, and I, and I, I've, I've kind of gone to the extreme because of his personality is so tough to get through that I need to make it as, as extreme as possible for him to understand, oh, wait, this is not, not good. So there have been people who have said, you know, that creates anxiety in the child when you're overly honest at a younger age about certain things. And I don't know, where is the, like, sh that seems like something, is there an age appropriate way to go about that instead of, Hey, four-year-old, you go in the street, you you might die. You know, I mean, is there a better way to go about that? I mean, I think for certain things like going in the street, we have to be dramatic. 
about how dangerous that is and the importance of stopping at the corner, um, particularly for kids who are a little bit more impulsive. Um, kids' frontal lobes aren't developed yet. You know, they don't have the same kind of instincts and impulse control that we have as adults. So I think in those cases, we really do have to be dramatic. And that's still, I mean, is it a lie to say, you know, this could happen? Um, I don't think, I mean, you know, have people survived car crashes or, or getting hit by cars? Yes. But, um, <laughs> you know, like, I think for kids, you can't say, and perhaps you will wind up in the hospital with a broken <laughs> leg for a few, you know, like they don't register that. Um, and I think you brought up another really important point. Is it generation, right? Like your mom is saying, oh, don't tell him that that's too mm -hmm. much. And I think that we sort of grew up at a time where our parents didn't tell us everything mm -hmm. and, and withheld a lot of information. And I think parents are now realizing that they want to be honest with their kids and that, that keeping secrets or withholding information um, doesn't serve us as parents and it doesn't serve our kids um, to be kept out of the loop, um, especially for things that are serious and stressful. And it does build trust to your point because I mean, I think about my son trusts me more than anyone. And I think it's really important to uphold that trust because then when it's something really important, then he'll come he'll feel safe enough to come to me. And, and I do, you know, there are certain things he tells me and he says, don't, don't tell, you know, they're not that serious, but you know, don't tell dad. And for whatever reason, he feels that this is just our thing. And sometimes it's important enough for me to have a private conversation with my husband, but also let him know, don't tell him I told you, you know, this is something we need to discuss as parents, but I need to keep that trust with him and, and let him know that I didn't break that. So I think that's, that's another important thing. I mean, that trust, I, I think lying really destroys that, right? When they find out. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that um, too often we're trying to protect them, protect them, protect them. And then they get to those teenage years and they're at a party where there's drinking. They're at a, in a party where there's drugs. They're in an uncomfortable situation and they need to know that they can call you, that they can tell you the truth, that they're not going to get in trouble that you two are going to work it out together, that you can manage hard things together. Um, and we can't protect our kids from scary stuff. I mean, the, the reality is that our world is a scary and tough place. And if we are constantly putting a mattress under that to keep them comfortable and not helping them to regulate the anxiety and, and the uncomfortable feelings, um, they're never going to learn how to deal with it. Um, and, and it's our job, I think, as adults to really help kids and guide kids um, on, get like, yeah, this is tough stuff, but we're in it together. Um, mm -hmm. Now, I do want to, you know, I do want to talk a little bit about children lying too, but, but before I go there, um, you know, we talked about the age appropriate lies. Would you say that there are different degrees of lying to our children? I think so. I, I mean, you know like you're a great singer or <laughs> you're a, like I loved that show that you put on um it, you know those are little white lies those are the same kinds of lies that we tell a friend right like right. yeah you're um you know you look great in those jeans like the, the, the same we're trying to um be really positive and I think that there are ways that we can also say like 
I love how hard you worked on that. I love, I saw how, you know, you really got into that song. Mm -hmm. Um, So it becomes less of a lie and more of a, um, like focusing in on, on the positive um, and not saying like, you're not going to have a career. At this <laughs> like mom, you said I was going to be, you said I was amazing. What do you mean? I, I, <laughs> right. Um, so I think you can focus, like I saw how hard you worked and you've really been improving. And, you know, I think we can, we can emphasize those kinds of things. Right. Um, I sort of, you know, white lies, right? The, the lies that we tell people to protect their feelings and protect their self-esteem. I think it's those, you know, and again, that's, those are matters of taste, really. Um, you know, somebody else might say, wow, your kid is really talented. It just might not be your cup of tea. So, um, so again, that's a little bit falling into the beliefs category and less of, of a fact. Um, it's mm-hmm. also not going to change their lives dramatically um if you think that they are an amazing singer and they're really not (laughs) right like okay so they're gonna go on to you know maybe try out for something and they won't get the part and and somebody else will you know lower the boom to them and not me (laughs) yes and then you can just empathize with the feeling of being so disappointed to not get the part (laughs) um Oh, that's funny. <laughs> well, you know, when we you mentioned protecting them and protecting feelings and and you know, what about when it comes to childhood friendships? And so I think back and this went on, I mean, this went on through my teen years, right? As parents and now I, I understand it now because I'm a mother. I can see things that you know, my child is not seeing or doesn't want to see or for it just doesn't understand yet. And um, so, for example, let's say there's a child and, you know, he really wants to play with another kid and that kid, you know, kind of makes excuses every time he wants to play or runs away or, you know, highs. Do you tell your child? What do you tell your child? You lie to them and make excuses because that's one option, right? Um, oh, so and so little Johnny's busy today, or you know, oh, he must be busy again, you know? Or do you say like maybe he doesn't really want to be your friend? I mean, I think that there's a gentle way to say, you know, what I'm noticing is that when you go over to him on the playground, he runs away, um, and we don't know why. I mean, we really don't. I mean, who knows? Maybe little Johnny is an introvert and doesn't, you know, is, has, you know, selective mutism and and isn't into talking. Um, But um, we, we, so we can't necessarily say like, we don't know why we don't, we, but we know how our child is feeling in the moment Mm -hmm. and we can empathize with that and say, I know it feels really awful when he doesn't want to play with you, when he doesn't accept your, invitation to a birthday party or to a play date and um and we don't know why he won't do that but maybe it's time to move on you know is there anybody else in the class that you're Mm -hmm. interested in Um, time to move on I like (laughs) cross out little Johnny we're done with him (laughs) right like you've tried repeatedly for four months to get his attention and mm-hmm. he's just not that into you. Yeah. So who else? Who else is, is there? Um, and sometimes our kids get fixated 
you know, depending on their personality and their temperament, mm-hmm. they get kind of stuck on yeah. one person for whatever reason, whether that feels like the cool kid or mm-hmm. that kid feels exciting or um, whatever it is. And, um, and we can gently help them, you know, brainstorm some other kids to play with. And, and it's um, heartbreaking too. And, and, you know, there's a, there's a part of, um, you know, I, I'd say I can recall a situation. There's part of me that has wanted to say, you know, forget him. Like he doesn't want to be friends with you. Like move on, forget him. Like you said, but maybe in a harsher way, just because, you know, I'm, I have my own emotions. Um, and then there's a part of me that has also gone to the other extreme and said, made excuse after excuse after excuse, like, oh, maybe his mom, dad said no, or, you know, maybe he's having, you know, I, I like you said, I don't know the, the real, tr- I can speculate, you know, I can use what I know about the world and kind of assume, but I don't know for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so there's like protecting with the lies and then there's the extreme, which is just being too harsh. And then, you know, I guess there's that middle ground where you kind of brainstorm some other ways to go about this. Right. Well, in labeling what you see, because you do have that perspective and you can say, you know, I'm noticing that every single time you approach Johnny on the playground, he runs away. He says, no, you can't play this game. Um, I mean, Johnny doesn't even seem like a very good friend. I don't know that I would say that to my kid, but, um, but kind of like labeling what you see, because those are the facts. And labeling how it feels to you, like, oh, it just makes me so mad that he doesn't want to play with you. It, you know, it makes me sad. It, how are you feeling about this? And really empathize, labeling and empathizing with those feelings. Um, and then say, how are, you know, we can't force Johnny to play with you, right? right. You know, and this is part of growing up is figuring out that everybody has their own perspective right. and sees the situation in a different way. Um but we can help kids to say, okay, so what else can we do? Um, you know, is there somebody else that is interesting? Um, and oftentimes once the kid, uh, the, the pursuer becomes less interested than the yeah. kid who's been chased, it, you know, comes back and is like, right. oh, wait, you're not chasing me. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. it becomes a game. So, yeah. Um, you brought something else up about, you know, uh, mentioning how it makes you as the parent feel. So when it comes to these feelings is, you know, I mean, hiding and omitting information is a form of lying, right? But there, there, there must be a certain amount of um, not letting all of your emotions kind of lay on the table when it comes to your child, right? I mean, there's a difference. So I guess my question is, is it okay to tell my young child, like, I had a bad day or I'm in a, you know, I'm sad today. I don't, you know, to be honest about how you feel. And not always have to have it all together. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that teaches kids resilience. It teaches them, uh, you're modeling for them um, about um, how to label your emotions. And you're showing them, like, I can be really sad or I can be really angry and I can still be holding it together. I'm not punching somebody. I'm not um, screaming obscenities, you know, maybe not in front of them. But you're showing your child that you can be regulated and that um, that is, you know, by labeling your feelings and, and talking it out and getting help and showing them how you take care of yourself when you're feeling angry or sad um, or scared. Um, you don't have to tell that, you know, my boss said this and then, blah, 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 but, you know, you don't have to go through the whole day with them um, because they can't manage all of that, but you can 
say, oh, I had a rough day today. Uh, nothing it felt right. Um, and now I'm going to drink a big glass of water um, or I'm going to take a long shower or I'm going to whatever is feels caring to you. And you can label that for your child uh, because it gives a, a great model for them about how to take care of themselves too. Now you just reminded me of another thing. You're just sparking all of these thoughts that I didn't think about this morning. What about death, right? Um, and now I'm not talking about someone dies. Obviously, you know, that's a different story. But, um, you know, some children worry about, you know, what happens if my mom or dad dies, right? Um, you know, and there's there's a part of me that says, I don't want you let's say four-year-old or five-year-old to have to worry about that all the time. Um, so I tell you, don't worry about that right now. You know, don't, we've got forever or we've got a hundred years or whatever it might be. And then on the other hand, I also don't want you, I, I, you know, what is the right, how do you, how do you handle that without like, do you lie? I, I don't know. So, you know, we have to get to the bottom of what the child is actually asking because sometimes they come out with a question, but when you say like, what's making you think of that? Or um, you ask some clarifying information, you find out that that's actually not at all what they wanted to know. And they wanted to know something completely different that it's like, oh gosh, I gave them way too much information. And I could have just answered like, you know, <laughs> something so simple. Um, but I think it is important. I, I mean, we always tell kids, don't worry about that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. I, we, you know, I will be much, I will be old and gray and mm -hmm. you will be a grown up, and you will have your own kids. Um, and that's not the reality for some. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, I've seen many kids who's, who have had a parent die. Um, sometimes after a long illness, sometimes very suddenly, mm -hmm. um, and it flies in the face of what we've been saying to them yeah. um, all along. And, um, and that's where, you know, telling the truth about the serious illness it comes in. Um, but, um, I, you know, I think if you've uncovered, like, no, the kid really wants to know about death, um, I think you have to talk about it in a pretty honest, frank, way without a lot of emotions but mm -hmm. sometimes kids are wondering not so much of like are you going to die but they're wondering who would take care of me um if something happened or you know they're they're looking right. for other information and they want to know that there's a plan in place I um see. I understand so um yeah so saying um yes I, I mean it, death is part of the life cycle. And um, there's a great book called Lifetimes that goes through the life cycle of trees and animals and, and humans and kind of goes through, this is, this is what happens to all of us. Um, but, um, you know, I'm not sick. I, this is not, right. you know, on our radar right now. Mm -hmm. And this is the plan, you know, if something would happen, these are the people that would take care of you. We have it all covered. It's, you know, um, you will be taken care of. That's oftentimes what kids want to know. Uh, you know, they, the parents will say, we're getting divorced. They want to know where they're going to live and who's going to mm -hmm. take care of them. Um, I understand. So I think always focusing on that 
um, besides the don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Because it's scary. It's scary for parents to talk about and it's scary for kids to talk about um, or to think about. Um, But just to throw in four and five-year-olds become obsessed with death. Um, And so if your child is asking a lot of questions about death, it does not, it's not a red flag. It's just a, um, you know, they, they just become obsessed with it. Um, and they don't really understand that it's final. So, um, well, that's good to know. That's some consolation. <laughs> it's disturbing. It's a really disturbing face, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, my, my parents used to lie to me. Um, I was a very anxious child. So I guess in, in an attempt to not have me worry all night long, cause I was always worried people were going to break into the house for what reason? I'm not sure because nobody ever it never came up but never but for whatever reason i was really worried about this and i would wake up at night and i'd hear you know an animal outside or whatever it was so they told me um that really the only time people get robbed is between you know like 3 and 5 a.m or 2 and 4 a.m they made up some like window of time and so they said you know like that's really the the time that people get robbed so don't worry about this you know and maybe it was like midnight or something like that like don't worry about this or there's nothing to worry about it wasn't a rock and i i thought about that recently and i was like what a crock of shit they just made up they just made something up so they could go back to sleep you know and and i stopped worrying right unless it was between two and four and then i'd like stay up and be like oh my gosh, it's between two and four. Like, should I be worried about this noise? But it was only two hours. <laughs> How crazy <laughs> is that? What kind of lie is that? <laughs> yeah, it would be interesting to ask your parents what they were thinking. Like, why they chose those right. times? Like, wh- how they came to that. Um, that but was yeah, thinking. Yeah, oh, yeah. But I think it probably would have been more soothing to you to like, see all of the locks that are on the doors and know that your parents check the locks and before they go to bed. And, um, you know, I think sometimes like the don't worry, like it's impossible. Like nobody has ever told me to stop worrying and it's actually worked for me. Like, so I think sitting with your child's fear, um, Mm -hmm. can be really challenging. Um, but it's important to, so that they can know that they can manage it. Um, and that you can manage it too. So I know we only have about two minutes, but I do want to ask you about children who lie. So sometimes kids just make up stories, right? And, and what is that about? So, you know, why, why do kids just make up these stories? Are are they trying to lie at a young age or are they just trying to test it out? What's up with that? So, yes. I mean, yes to all of that. And kids lie for a lot of reasons. Um, sometimes it's, just to try it out Um, because they have figured out that you don't know what's in their brain. And that's kind of an exciting thing. Like nobody actually knows what I'm thinking. So I could make up something completely absurd and see if anybody believes me. Um, And sometimes kids do it for connection to peers. Um, So they embellish. I have a 13 year old who told her boyfriend that she has a cousin named John. She doesn't. Um, but her boyfriend's name is John. So she was like trying to 
connect something there. Um, and then there are more serious lies, right? Like I didn't steal that thing or, and they clearly did, or, you know, I didn't have anything to drink at the party, but you obviously did. And in those times, it's really, they're looking for, um, to avoid getting into trouble and, and avoid shame and avoid punishment. And, and that's, if you have laid the groundwork at a young age, um, then hopefully those lies won't become, they will feel like they can come to you with the truth because, um, because you have had their back in the past um, and, and you can handle it with them. I like that. You, you don't know what's going on in my head. How cool is that? I like that. <laughs> I never thought of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, That's it is. It's really, I mean, and nobody will ever know, right? Mm -hmm. We will never fully know what's going on in anybody else's head. Mm -hmm. um, and even what they tell us is going on in their head doesn't, isn't necessarily the truth. So it's true. All right, Amy. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put links in for everybody so they can learn more about you and your work. And I wanted to thank you so much for joining us to talk about lying today. This is a, I think it's an important topic. It really is. It's so important. It is so important. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for your time.